0: They only knew that being able to show up, do their work, have their appointments booked, have the salon pretty and go home and enjoy their life and their family and friends, that's like true love right there. It's about teaching people and showing people the good things.
1: Welcome to the Boss Babe podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canti, president and co-founder of Boss Babe, and in this episode, I'm actually joined by my business bestie Natalie Ellis, our CEO, because today we are interviewing celebrity brow artist Kelly Baker. Now, Kelly is actually a dear friend of ours and the definition of a true boss babe. And today, she takes us through her story on how she turned her passion into a multi-million-dollar empire. Now. For a lot of you who are into makeup, the name Kelly Baker is pretty notorious because she is huge in the beauty industry and she has worked with some of the biggest names in Hollywood. And when I say big names, I mean the biggest of names and you're definitely going to hear some name drops throughout this interview. But not only is she a brow artist, she's also a product developer and an expert in social media marketing. So you are going to learn so much, particularly on how Kelly was actually able to grow her brand by posting pictures and videos of our clients and really leveraging the power of Instagram. Now, we always promise you the real behind the scenes. That's what this podcast is all about, right? And this interview certainly is no different. And we actually get really real and raw with Kelly and you'll hear how we touch on the highs, but also the lows that come with being a female entrepreneur. And so what we really love about this interview is how transparent and vulnerable Kelly was. And it just warmed us from the core and we're really really excited for you to hear that raw journey but also how she's overcome it and some of the obstacles that have stood in her way but she has conquered we really enjoyed this interview and we hope you do too so as always take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on insta stories tagging me at danielcanti at iamnatalie and at bossbabe.inc so let's go ahead and dive right in a boss babe is unapologetically
2: ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going, and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to finally be here. I know. this has been a long time coming and I feel like we have so much to cover so, I want to dive in and just ask how on earth did you get started? Like, what was that light bulb moment for you when you realized you were basically
0: a brow guru? I want to say that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I'm from LA, born and raised, and I've always loved makeup and I've always loved all things beautiful. But I'm also 41. So with Instagram, obviously things have blossomed and boomed and taken things to the next level. But I've been on this journey for a really long time before Instagram was around. And because of Instagram, everything always looks bigger and better and more amazing. But I mean, I've been in the beauty industry since high school, I would say, honestly. Like straight out of high school, I was like, actually in high school, I'd be doing my friend's makeup. That was my first love, my first passion, was makeup only. And I did makeup right after high school for any independent film, photo shoots, like all kinds of things. But none of it had in my interest. I have total like ADD, OCD, sitting on a movie set, reading a script, killed me. And all the craft service, not into it. I think, you know, I just really tried to do anything I could to stay in that zone and in my, like, makeup space. So then I actually worked right across the street from where we're at, at Macy's. And I worked in the beauty department, and I worked there for a couple years. And at the time, I had a boyfriend who said, you need to get your shit together, who I did. I mean, I thought I did, but I was young, and he was in law school. So for him, I meant, like, really do this. So I decided to go to beauty school. And... The reason why is because in LA, every state is different, but in Los Angeles, you have to have a license to do makeup in a salon, which is crazy.
1: Wow. I know just that. to do makeup.
0: Then I don't know if it's changed. So I went just for that. I went to just get my license so I could, in my head, I thought I'll do makeup in a salon like Beverly Hills. That was the goal. Mm-hmm. In my class, I met a man named Damone Roberts. I talk about him all the time. He is known as the Brow King. He worked for Anastasia. So it's her, him, and then I would say myself. I had no idea who he was. He had tons of celebrity clients. He had already done Madonna. I mean, he was very well known. He was about to open his first salon, and I was probably maybe 24, and it was crazy. There was even a woman who had come in who now has a brow line of her own who was filming a documentary on him because she was so amazed at how crazy this trend was. This is almost 20 years ago, okay? And I was like, who is this guy? This is crazy. Like, I've never heard of him, you know? I'm from here. So she had asked him, do you have people who you're going to hire, who's going to work for you? And he's like, I'm going to take Kelly. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, she's the golden child. I'm like, mom, I'm the golden child. (laughs) I'm the one. But I also was always a go-getter and still am. So I think that's what's really helped me because anything I want to do, I'm going to get my way in there somehow. So, even with DeMone, well, not even with DeMone, with beauty school, I would try to figure out how I could get out faster. Hmm. And they said, if you go to this class or take, go to this demo or go to a beauty show, you'll get extra credit. So, everything I've always done has been like that. And DeMone witnessed that. So, that's why he was like, I like her, she's on it.
1: I actually really wanted to just touch on that point because I think there's a lot to be taken away from that. The fact that one, you've been in the industry so long and I think a lot of people look at social media and go, oh, overnight success, right? right? But actually no you've been building up. And the other thing that I really take away from that is that you've shown up at every single stage. Yeah, Nothing has been like you've always tried to do that extra mile. Oh my God. And I think that really stands out when like you say you're picked up or your people look to mentor you because they see something in you. And I always, when we're talking about hiring and building our team, we always look at attitude. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of the things that people, forget and attitude as an entrepreneur is so so important so I love that you're sharing that and just saying actually this is what I had to do to get here
0: right and I think the only curse for us these days because of social media is people think it's easy Mm -hmm. and they expect it to be easy and they want from you faster and they want it today they don't realize that I've done this for a really long time or the people that you hire want it tomorrow you know so i know hiring people that's tough man i mean i'm like i wear my heart on my sleeve and everyone i'm always going to give a chance to but everyone's always going to be on their best behavior in an interview mm. it's like a date yeah. right
2: well i want to come back to hiring cuz i want to pick your brain in it cuz yeah, i know we've yeah, chatted yeah. about it before but i'm bored and i need more of the story yeah. so 100% so,
0: so i went and worked for Damone. i only said that cuz she said hiring So I went and worked for Demo and I was there for about two years. That's when, I mean, he was already doing celebrities. We were doing like Oscar suites and all of those fun things. And one of the questions I get asked all the time, and I'm embarrassed to say that I don't actually know the answer, is who was my first celebrity. Mm. I don't actually remember. And I know that sounds so lame, but I don't. I want to say it was Dana Devon, who was then the host of Extra.
2: okay,
0: And now she is a news anchor.
2: What was that like for you being thrown into this world and starting to work on celebrities? And did you feel like you were
0: starting to get momentum in your career? Definitely. I mean, again, one of the things I teach classes and one of the things that I teach is is to build relationships with people. Mm -hmm. Everyone that came in, I would talk to. I still do. What's your name? How do you hear about us? Where do you live? What do you do? Because one, there's so many people and I'm trying to remember something about them. And build a connection with them. And those questions are actually really important in our life and if we're trying to build a career of any kind. One of my favorites is the what do you do part, right? So in that one time I asked a client, what do you do? And she said, I work for HBO. And I said, doing what? And she said, I am a talent manager. So, well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means, right? So I just keep going. Just ask questions. Just keep asking (laughs) questions. And she goes, I book makeup artists for red carpet events. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. (laughs) I'm like, so I do makeup because she came in for her brows, right? I had already had my own place at this point, and we were popular. I said, I do makeup. So if you ever want a makeup artist that's not with an agency, Let me know. And she's like, oh, that would be amazing. It's so hard to hire through an agency. A week later, I got booked and I did three seasons of Red Carpet for Game of Thrones. Wow. I had never watched the show, knew nothing about it. Got to do Michael Douglas um, for when he won Golden Globe or an Emmy for when he played Liberace. I think it's so important just to talk to people because if I hadn't asked her anything, I would have never gotten that job.
2: Yeah. And I can totally speak to that because I remember the first time I came in to get my brows done for you, by the way, my brows were just looked amazing. I was, yeah. But I felt like I'd known you forever. We just, I lay on your chair and we started talking and I felt like I knew forever. And I was like instantly like, she's my friend. And it it was so nice. And you don't get that often. And I think that's such a skill to have when someone's lying in your chair to be able to make them feel so comfortable and walk out of that because
0: you're quick. 20, 30
2: minutes, you walk out of that room feeling like you've just made a friend.
0: I think in any interview, industry, anywhere you go, it's really important to do that. And my main thing to tell my girls at the salon is be nice to everyone that walks Mm -hmm. in here. Mm -hmm. Everyone. I don't care who they are, right? One, I don't care how much money you have. Doesn't matter. But it's super intimidating to walk into a salon yeah. or your new job, or a new office building, right? So just by looking at them and making eye contact, you feel better, and I remember when I was 25 and I worked at Timon's, or even at Macy's at 20, no one looks at you or talks to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why am I gonna to wanna to buy anything from you if I don't feel comfortable even approaching you?
1: And I think we've been through this era where online connection's been really important, but people really want that offline connection still, and actually yeah. just, I think it's a skill set that a few people are kind of lost along the way, yeah. And actually just bringing it back to that, we used to have the same when we were, when I was a chiropractor, it was always like, you treat people like you would want your mum treated. Like anyone who came in, it was like, if you treat everyone like they're, you know, like a member of your family or you're speaking to them how you would like to be spoken to, it's just really, really important. But part of your story, I feel like we've kind of skimmed over and I just wanted to bring it back to. So you're being mentored by Damon. Mm -hmm. What did that transition look like from being mentored by him and then actually setting up on your own?
0: The only reason why I left was because I was pregnant. I was going to have a baby, and to be honest, Beverly Hills is not my favorite place. I think, obviously, it's a cool place and a great place to start, but not everyone's that nice. It's very pretentious, and people where I'm at in Venice have just as as much money, but they're nicer, mm. and they're cooler. <laughs> you have the best location. <laughs> you really do. But really, it was just because one of the reasons why I love my industry is that we get to make our own schedule. hmm Come and go as you please. Technically, right, you're supposed to. <laughs> and at the time when I worked for him, I was the only one that was going to be having a baby. Mm-hmm. So I knew like that wasn't part of, wasn't going to be work for my schedule in mm-hmm. my life. I wanted to. In my head, I had, I'm going to stay home for a year. Don't know why. I mean, I did it, and I was like, take me back sooner. Um, it's so hard. You know, like, it's not an office job. I could never survive an office job. Like, I'm an artist, so I just decided to stay home. And then after that, I decided to not go back because I didn't want to be in that atmosphere where I had to work at certain hours because of yeah. I had a boss. You know, And that's actually a tricky thing, too, because people always ask me to talk about how to be a boss, and that is what I am. But at the same time, I would be perfectly okay having a boss as long as they were cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So not saying that Jamone wasn't cool, but he had certain expectations of me, and me having a baby just wasn't the fit anymore. So when I am teaching people and I'm like, the goal, everyone wants to do their own thing and start their own business. But at the same time, it's really effing hard and it's not easy. And everyone thinks the grass is greener and I'm going to go open my own place. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I really was trying to be in the beauty industry. There's all kinds of like NDAs and contracts and miles of where you can and can work. And at the time I had one. And it said that I couldn't work within so many miles. So Mm -hmm. I followed it. I've always followed the rules. In lawyer terms, I follow the rules. All the other rules I break. (laughs) But if I'm going to get sued, I follow them. (laughs) That's a good rule to follow. Yes. Yeah, I like that. If it's a yellow red light, I'll probably cross it. But (laughs) anything that has to do with court, I follow that to the T. (laughs) Great advice from Kelly if you take anything anything away from this. Don't get sued. Yeah. So I decided to go to Venice, which is where mm-hmm. I lived. I, I grew up in Venice. I love it over there. I ended up working in a hair salon, a nice, high-end, beautiful salon as the one brow girl. And I was their employee. And I already had my own clientele from people coming. But I also just wanted just to be in my own space, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked there for two years. And then I worked at another salon down the street for another two years. And this was Abbott Kitty. Mm-hmm. Abbott Kinney, gosh, my son's 14, 12 years ago. When it was like, OG cool, like before the hipsters, sorry, hipsters, but seriously. And now you can't even drive down the street. And like I said, I worked at another hair salon and it just wasn't like, again, I've always been a good girl. There was a lot of sex, drugs and rock and roll and craziness. And I was the mom with a kid and single. And I was like, it's just not like I have a place where I can have my clients, but I really just need to like, just have, I never wanted a salon. Like I truly never wanted to open a salon and I almost feel like ungrateful for saying that, but it was not in my vision. Like it was not something I wanted. I just wanted a little space that I could make pretty because I like pretty things and decorate it how I want to and not have the cattiness of crazy girls everywhere.
2: I mean, your space
0: is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Like it really is. It's an experience to go the, And the girls make fun of me because they see me moving things around and I tell them don't get offended. Like this is me just having OCD and making sure it looks good.
2: There's pretty much nothing out of place.
0: Yeah. Even the toilet paper in the bathroom. Yeah.
1: And I noticed those things. I know Danielle's about to sit to mention that. I feel like that's like Natalie with our office. I come in and she's like, move the desk. I oh, want the desk moved. I'm like, okay. And I'm just more like, I'm just, just getting on with it. Yeah. yeah if like something's not turned beautiful. the right way, I'm moving it. Like, yeah. no, I'm the same.
2: Are you a Virgo? Um, <laughs> no, 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 I'm a Capricorn. Me. But I'm a creative. Like, I yeah, yeah. yeah. that, that's just me. Like, I it love matters. that. Yeah. Like, it my matters. work is my art. Like, yeah, right, I really feel 100%. like so. My space around me has to reflect that so I can be more organized. Okay. So you didn't really want to have a salon. You wanted to have a space. You're a single mom at the time. Yeah. That must have been really difficult to start to expand and go out on your own. It must be
0: pretty scary. I've never, honestly, I can't say scary is the word for me. Okay. I've always just been like, I'm going to do it. And my dad was a successful businessman who hustled his ass off. And my mom was a secretary, an executive secretary who worked for the Getty's, right? So I had the combination of them. My mom says no to everything.
2: I love her already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It drives me bonkers. But I'm still going to do it. So you might as well not say no because I'm going anyways, right? So really the truth is the second salon that I worked at, there was one girl that I loved and she got fired. And I left. I walked out crying. I called my mom. I'm like, oh, my God. My friend just got fired. She's like the only person I like here. No offense to the girls if they ever hear this, but <laughs> 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 she was the one that, like, I had a connection with, you know. And I walked down the street on Abby Kenney. These were all on Abby Kinney. And I, I said, I got to find a place. I got to figure out what to do. And literally across the street was a building, my old salon. And there was a sign that said for lease. And I've a got phone chills. Number. And I'm like, there's a place right there. I'm calling it. And that was it. That was where I went. Like, I've always, always, always in my soul. Like, someone said the other day, like, well, how do you start? I'm like, you just start. Yeah. Yeah. You look online. You Google beauty school. You look up whatever it is you're interested. If you don't start looking, you're never going to get anywhere.
1: And I think that's just a really clear message as well, isn't it? It's just the action taking. And I think there's sometimes some blind naivety when you go into entrepreneurship for some people. Like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. But also it just like. Rather than thinking about it, and sometimes we think, oh, everything has to be perfect, everything has to line up. It doesn't, because it's never going to. And yeah. if you wait for that moment, you won't do anything. It's more around just going, okay, well, there's this opportunity, like, in my heart, this is what I want to do, and I'm determined to make that happen, and I'm just going to do it. when I'm going to think
0: about it. Jump in. Two feet first. My dad's famous quote was, you know, get your ducks in a row, and the, those goddamn <laughs> ducks, man. So it is super important to try to get <laughs> your ducks in a row, as much as you can, because yes, of course, you have certain, st- right? I She's know. like, Natalie's dying. It's the truth, though. But so there are certain things you have to do. Yes. But in general, you can't wait for everything to be perfect because it's no. not going to be and you'll be waiting forever. You can guarantee one of those ducks is going to run off. Right? Every like, day, gonna, every day I have a duck swerving to the left. that <laughs> I'm like, let me get that sucker back in line over here. <laughs> you can't trust the ducks. I Fucking love that. duck. That's the quiet You can't trust the ducks.
2: So I think there's a lot of things that have made you incredibly successful and we've talked about some of them but one of them it's I don't want to gloss over this you have not just done brows the way brows have always been done right like you are not just following the status quo and, and doing a really good job you're very innovative like you said you're an artist and you have created your own signature
0: look that is world famous Where did that come from? Well, I mean, honestly, I learned it from Damone initially. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I learned the technique from him. But we all take things our way and interpret it how we see it, right? So my main thing was to be able to show people how to do it themselves. So with products, I would take his products, right? And I'd hide in the back room and I'd cut it to how I liked it. Mm -hmm. So if it was an angle brush, like my angle brush right now that like Mm -hmm. you have. Yeah. I would go back and I'd cut it smaller and then I'd come out and I'd sell it to you. Because if you go home and use something that doesn't work, you're never gonna buy something from me again.
2: Yeah, and you actually gave me a lesson on how to use everything because when you first gave me the tools, I was like really overwhelmed. And you showed me how to use it and I was just blown away by the intricacies and what you can
0: actually do with brows. Well that's what's really cool about it. So with the brows the same thing is I like to do what's natural and if you want it more enhanced and defined we can do that too. But just in general if I go into a hair salon I never know how to recreate that. So one earlier going into a place is super intimidating. Say hi, be nice to them. Two, when you're getting something done, show them how to do it. How do I, I've gone to the dry bar nine million times and like once a guy said, hey, have you used this spray? And I have my own products in a salon and I said no and I bought it. Like it's literally that easy. Like you have to show people how to do things because they're intimidated otherwise. So I've made it to where Products are super easy for people, and also the reason why we have a known look is because of Instagram. I used to post when Instagram first started before and after photos of brows. So one, I was trying to get people to see my work, know that I'm good, and see the before and after. That was one part of it. The second part was then I had the products. So one, I'd invite you and Natalie. That's my one sale that I'm trying to close, right? And then the next one is that I'm going to give you my products so that I have two sides that I'm working. And I'm not even really working it, but that is what I do. And I've been able to create this as a business and I love it, you know? I just want to mention around that because I think that
1: sometimes people, and we see this a lot in our communities, they feel embarrassed to sell their products. But actually, I think you're doing a disservice to your clients if you're not selling them the best products because you've created them and you
0: know they're amazing. On that, I have to say, I'm sorry, every girl that works in my salon, I say, do not push products. There's a way to do it. Yeah, oh,
1: completely. Yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people want to know about them. And sometimes if you're like, oh, yeah, look, you can use this and it's available. So the way we do it,
0: and I'm going to teach everyone. I love let's, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Go. You better write this one down <laughs> and save it for every single client. So every single person that comes in that's new. And if they've never seen it before, when I'm done with them, I hand them a mirror and say, do you want to watch me fill them in? That's it. You did that to me. That's the sale. Like that. that.
2: It works. (laughs) It works. well.
0: I was like, yeah. So you're watching what I just did, and I'm teaching (gasps) you. I'm showing you. First, we highlight. Then we brush up. Then we film with pencil, and this is where we're doing it. And next time, it's going to look like this. So now I'm telling you about next time right, to get you to come back, which is funny because I've actually never said this out loud. So, you know, I hope everyone knows how to book <laughs> you people. You are a genius. But Can this I just is just in my head. I've literally never said this out loud before, right? So this is my thinking. So we're going to have you come back in three weeks. This is what you're going to use. This is how you do it. I don't say, do you want to buy anything? You say to me, yeah. it just literally comes out of your mouth. Can I buy that? Do you yeah. sell that? Well, Can I get that today?
2: I think it's what you're talking about, too, because when you handed me the mirror and you started going at it, I was looking at it like, wow, I could do this myself, which disclaimer, I could not do it myself the way you did it. I got I've close. i had 20 years of practice. Yeah, I, I got it looking <laughs> good, but it was, you just did it in such a way. I was literally watching myself just transform yeah. and I'm like, give me everything you've got. And like, I didn't just didn't get close to it, but I saw how you did it and it
0: gave me more confidence in doing it. But yeah. that is genius. So by, with even doing that, all of my products I'm 100% involved in, if I don't think it's perfect, you'll never see it. I don't want to sell Mm -hmm. anything just to sell it. It has to be good. It has to be something you like. And my, you know, my highlighter pencil, right? Mm -hmm. People post all the time, like a nub of it. Like, this is all I have left. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's good. good. (laughs) It's good products. It's good stuff. And with that being said, since my clients then trust me from those things... They ask me for advice on everything as a beauty therapist. My favorite one ever, my client was like, so where should I get married? Should I get married in Catalina or Palm Springs? And I'm like, um, definitely Palm Springs. We're not doing Catalina. But, but (laughs) sorry, but no, but they trust you and they want your opinion and they value it, right? So like, what OB do you go to? Where should I go for this? Where should I go for that? And I literally am like walking yellow pages of everything. I tell people where to get glasses, where to go for their hair, go here for nails. This is my son's tutor. Like, but that's also me too. Like I enjoy doing that stuff, but I'm trying to build all my friends. But it's about teaching people and showing people the good things.
2: Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches, no matter where you are. Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk, and right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash bossbabe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash bossbabe, masterclass.com slash bossbabe. And that's real influence, right? Like when we talk about being an influencer and that kind of thing, what you're talking about is real influence. It's doing it from a good place. It's being authentic. It's being consistent and having those results. And I also just want to mention about products and then I'll let you jump in. But I remember being at your salon and you were saying, oh, I'm testing out a growth serum right now. It's not for sale, but look, look what it's doing. And I remember like I could see the difference. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, she really, really does test these. We've been
0: working on that growth serum for years. Yeah. And I'm the dummy. I'm like, the crash test dummy, so I put it on myself. If I don't see results, we're not making it. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: A lot of people lose track of sometimes. And it's like when you care so much, I think care is like the big thing that comes across that you care about your clients. That's why you give them those bits of advice. That's why you kind of say, yeah, go and do this. And it might not even be related to the browse. I think that's just something that, again, like anyone listening to, it, I think is a really instrumental piece in what makes a big, takes the business from being okay to amazing and why people refer. And why people come back over and over again. When you kind of lead with that authenticity that you do, Kelly, I think that's when the game changers happen. That's when you get the clients that you do get because you have that reputation because people know you're authentic and people know what they can expect from you, the level of service that they can expect.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'm definitely a Care Bearer. And sometimes <laughs> it's hard because, you know, I do it because I want to do it. I want to help everyone. But it also, like, not everyone appreciates it.
1: Yeah. I think we should touch on that. Do you want to share a little bit more around that piece? sorry I'm sorry
0: i think it's just tough you know um people don't like not everyone obviously but like i mean my goal at the end of the day is to help everyone right but there's so many people that come along that journey and just snatch whatever they can and recently someone, you know, I have had at least 12 people that I've taught and trained and left and that you know, I'm totally okay with that. As long as people are respectful, I don't care. Go for it. You want to open a slot? Have fun. <laughs> you know, here's some of my products. Good luck. Like, it's hard. And this one doesn't make me upset, but an example is there's a girl who's teaching and training classes. And two of the girls that I work that I've hired recently actually took her training class. I'm like, that's funny. Is it like mine? And they were like, yeah, it's 100% the same thing, Mm. which is fine. It is what it is, right? Because I'm sure there's people that are trying to do what you guys are doing. That's part of life. And then she said that I had fired her because she was taking away my limelight, right? And I was like, That's just not true. Wow. I would do anything to make someone successful, right? I send my girls to my celebrities' house all the time. But you have to be a good person. You have to know not to take pictures. Like, I have to trust you. And with this person in particular, she was just not responsible. So people get things crossed over. And I actually, in my head, I'm like, I want to tell her that is not true. Like, she would call out sick. She she had a, a flat tire Like the craziest stories ever. And I was like, I wish I could have kept her because she was great. She really was great. But she has no work ethic at all. Zero. So it's just hard when you take people and you do everything in your power to make someone good. I have no control over what these people are going to do with that, you know. And you can only hope. I'm such a sensitive person. It's horrible. (laughs) But
2: well, we I, like, I think this, we like, yeah, this is exactly the realness of being the entrepreneur and being the boss, and also this is why you're successful because you do care this much. Yeah. That's the thing and it's one thing you always say about when you're a chiropractor too. Like you always out cared the competition and it might not always be like the most glamorous thing to look at, but
1: that is so important. And I think it's really nice that you're sharing that, Kelly, because actually hearing this side of it and like this is what the authentic truth of us being an entrepreneur is, right? And having a business and actually, yeah, it is really hard and sometimes you can give everything and still you get, like, Yeah, you know, that the words to describe it, but
0: you get that, that kick in the, you know. To show you know, like, yeah it really is a kick in the gut. Yeah. It truly is. Yeah. It's like again, I'd never wanted to open a salon. It was not mm-hmm. my dream. Like it still isn't. It's hard every mm-hmm. single day. It's hard, but I am now in charge of fifteen people at least income and life. That's just at the shop alone. And I am good at certain things. I'm good at booking. I'm good at people getting in. Mm-hmm. I'm good at that stuff. Yeah. But it and it's not fun like if I could leave tomorrow and just not have to deal with it I would honestly truly because my goal was not to manage people and make sure everyone's okay and I try every day to like kill it and give them people and teach them things and if hey if you girls aren't posting I can only tell you so many times how to grow your business how to grow your page and if it doesn't happen it's not my problem anymore. But then people get pissed. They're like, you didn't post me. I'm like, you know what? It's a tough place to be in because like me, I am the artist. I'm now only in the salon one day. I left for a while. I had to get out of the space and get away from like all the questions and things going on. But I also have to make sure that it's running and we have a product line and I have classes and I have a son. There's a lot of different things going on every single day. So when people say things like, I want to open a salon, I truly, without being negative, want to say, why do you want to open a salon? What is your desire? Why do you think that this is it for you, right? Because I don't know anyone that has a a salon that actually makes money. We all just get bought. Like, we can pay our rent and everyone's still working, but we're not making money from it. We're not rich right? I have nine other things that I'm doing on the side to help grow and build all of us. And I think a lot of times people think that if they open a salon, they're successful. That is the definition of successful. I'm going to do it too. If they only knew that being able to show up, do their work, have their appointments booked, have the salon pretty and go home and enjoy their life and their family and friends, that's like true love right there.
2: Yeah, I love that you talked about that because I think it's so important that people know their why and know why they're doing any yeah. of this and are not clear. And I also love that you mentioned all these other things you do because it's it's not just in LA. like Like we were talking about before you came on a you are traveling constantly you teach in australia island you teach all around the world and you have salons actually doing your style of brows all over the world right so
0: again that all happened organically as well just like the salon so with the salon part people started emailing dming me saying can i work here Mm -hmm. that's how it turned into a salon my first space was two chairs we worked there for about four years super small. We waited. I waited. I knew one day someone's going to leave this place. The girl next door left. I knocked down her wall, took over her lease, added two more chairs. We had a total of four chairs. Them rotating, grew out of that space, had people standing in the hallway. I mean, it's weird because it's become a destination location. When people come to LA, they come in with their suitcases. Yeah, they take pictures. And their whole family. So we were like, okay, we've been here now seven years. I got to go. I need a bigger space. I can't. And my mom was like, hell no, we're not doing it. It's great. <laughs> no. But I, of course, did it anyway. So that's why we're on Main Street now. It's down the street from Abbey Kinney. And it's a full house. Mm. We have, it's literally an actual house that someone lived in. It has a kitchen, washer, dryer. The front part of the salon was a real salon in the 60s, which is super cool. It was a women's salon. Amazing. So again, none of that was part of the plan or the vision. Or like our ducks in a row, right? It's just that you just got to keep walking the walk, man, and follow those ducks because it takes (laughs) you somewhere. So with the teaching part, people started asking, initially it was for my clients. It was just for you guys. And then other brow artists would DM me and ask me if they could buy them. So we started making products, stuff that I put my name on that I had really nothing to do with just to get people products to use. But then it just grew and grew, and we started researching. My mom did it all literally on her own Yeah, from companies in Germany, in Italy, and a lot of these companies won't even talk to you. But her executive secretary skills, she weaseled her way in there, and the owner would be like, yeah, we'd love to work with you guys, a small (laughs) family-owned company. And now we're in 500 salons just by people DMing me. Literally, no marketing.
2: It's that idea of saying yes when an opportunity comes up and someone says, can you do this? And you're like, yes, I'll go figure it out. Like, I'll ask my mom to get me and like, I'll (laughs) figure it out. And I think that's a trait of a lot of successful people is they're just willing to say yes and figure it out afterwards and follow that. And one thing I want to talk about as well is I've seen you on the Kardashians. I've seen you popping up.
0: How did all of that happen? That was me getting referred by my clients. So again, having a good rapport with the people that I work with. That was Patrick Taw. He's a huge makeup artist who just started his own line and he teaches as well. And he said, Kelly, can you come to Courtney? can you come do her brows? And I was like, absolutely, 100%. I've been doing her now for three years. So it was Courtney first, and then it was Chloe, and then it was Kim, and now it's Kylie. I've done Chris, but she's not a regular. I do all of Kylie's friends. You know, I do all the assistants. I mean, it's a family affair. Yeah, and
2: you've created a really famous brow look for them,
0: which is incredible, which I love. I love it. I said actually recently, I was like, I always said, one day I'm going to do a Kardashian. One day I'm going to do a Kardashian. And I had never watched the show, but they're like the most popular thing here ever. So I'm like, one day I'm going to get a Kardashian like I just said, I've never really watched the show, and people have so many things to say about them. And being around them, I was really impressed by their work ethic and their hustle. Like, those are badass women. I oh, I
2: love them. Love them. Love them. It's wow. insane. Yeah, I really love their work ethic, and I for anyone that criticizes them, yeah. I just think— they came out of nowhere and have become one of the most influential families in the world from a TV show. How many TV shows have been out that got closed down? Like, yeah. these women are smart. But just
0: alone, there, like me being able to physically see what they do all yeah. day long, I- I'm tired watching it. Yeah, you know, And I do it myself and I'm tired. And it, it actually motivates me more. To see what they're doing, because I'm like, okay, they're flying all across the world. I'm fucking tired. You know, and I'll ask Chloe every now and then, I'm like, aren't you just so tired like flying? And she's like, you just get used to it, you know? And well. it's the truth. You do. Like it becomes part of your life, right? And something I had also heard from a man who was a You know, the VIP at Conair at the time said the person that wakes up and works out in the morning is the successful one. Mm -hmm. It's always the person who's in the gym who's getting other things done. And I was like, ooh, I'm glad I'm in here when you're in here. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for that tip. But it's true because those people are taking care of their health to be able to make sure that they can take care of other things.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I've not shared this before on the podcast, but I was speaking at an event a couple of months ago, and I was talking about how I wake up really early to meditate for an hour. And this is something that I've really dedicated myself to. And on stage in front of everyone else, some woman got up and she laughed. She was like, yeah, you can tell she's not a mum," And everyone in the audience started laughing. And I was like, I didn't say it out loud, but inside I was like, well, I can tell you for sure when I'm a mum, I'll still be taking care of myself like I don't know why there's this assumption that when you're a mum you can't take care of yourself and exactly like you're saying The successful people are the ones that get up early, the ones that fit things in. And it's not, well, you can tell she's this or you can tell, like with the Kardashians, you can tell it's because they've got
0: money, they've got this. No, it's not. They still have the desire.
2: Yeah, you can't buy that. You can't buy the motivation to get up early.
0: 100%. They have tons of help. And yeah, I mean, if we all had that help, we'd all be a lot further, right? Yeah. And also to the mom side of it, it is harder. And when you guys have kids, you'll see it. Totally. But at the end of the day, it's really just about like, we all get in a weird place. So the mental health part of it is so important to be able to just keep going. Yeah. And I have girls, I could tell the other day, one of the girls, she just looks super nervous. I'm like, I don't know if it's just me that she's nervous about or if she's just in a weird space. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I just, uh," I'm like, oh, I can just feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, let me send you this meditation app. And I don't, I just started recently seeing a hypnotherapist. And it has changed my life. Wow. It's the best, the best, truly. And every session that we have, she records and she sends it to me in an email and I have them all on my phone downloaded. And every morning, so like you wake up an hour early and you listen or not listen, but you meditate. I do the same thing with our sessions. Mm -hmm. So I have about eight on my phone and I just click them and I listen to all of them.
2: I love that. And it is harder when you're a mom for sure. But it's amazing. You were just talking about you set up your salon as a single mom too and- with a a young baby. And it's that letting it drive you versus letting it be the thing that holds you back is, I think, so powerful.
0: It's crazy, too, what people say, because with the single mom comment, I've been a single mom since pretty much day one, right? And people will say things like, but his dad is around. And what? Yeah. My kid is lucky, and he has a great dad. But I'm still single, busting my ass trying to figure out every single day. That doesn't do anything for me. And I actually had a girl at an old salon say to me, yeah, but his dad's here. I'm like, you live with your mother, okay? My parents don't live here. I have no family, neither does my son's father. None. Zero. Nobody in our area. Not one person. Not literally. Not one person. So yeah, I might have his dad. But his dad actually runs his own business as well. So yes, I am totally blessed and lucky that he has a great father, but that doesn't change anything from the days that I have my son. You know, like even today, you know, I had to plan this around his school and he will always come first. One of my favorite stories was my Cardi B famous story. Oh, I haven't hit it. Tell me. I got asked to go do Cardi B and his dad has always been about sports and his dad puts him in sports every year. And... He had this awards, sports awards ceremony, and it was the day of, and I got called to do Cardi B, and his dad was not available to go to the sports awards ceremony. And I'm like, there's just no way I can let him stand on stage without a parent in the audience when he's getting this award. Especially because he doesn't even like sport. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And he's winning an award. This is a, something important yeah. to him. And I told him after, jokingly, I said, no. I said, unfortunately, I'm not available. And I said, you know, she'll call back. And she did. Yeah. Thank God. But it's still, I still would have passed it up in a heartbeat. I think what's really
1: important in this whole conversation is, I you say, to remember, like, going back as we started, right at the very beginning, I was talking about that. Why? And just really understanding, like, why you do what you do. And I think for anyone listening, like... We all have things that motivate us and we all have reasons that we want to show up and be our best selves in the way that we do. And I think it's always just pulling back to that. So, you know, you choose to meditate because that helps to support you in your way. And those who have parents will choose to do things to support them in their way. And I think it's always just coming back to it, but really allowing yourself to know that you do have control in your life. One of the things that's really helped me is kind of like the quote, life happens for you, not to you. And just really recognizing that at times and just really kind of saying, actually, I do want to make a change in my life. And, do you know, what, I have a decision to make in that I can choose to get up early or I don't choose to get up early. But it's my choice. And I think just letting go of that fixed mindset and actually changing it to a growth mindset where you can say, look, I want to learn. I want to work out how I can find 20 minutes extra in my day for me. And not, you know, my child or my business or whatever that looks like. And I think it's just, I just want anyone listening to know that they do have a choice. It's their life and they can make decisions and empower everyone to make a decision on what is going to help them get the most out of their life. I think it's important. I'm crying again. (laughs) I love
2: it. And I just want to circle back to what you kind of went into at the beginning around team, because obviously I have been in your salon quite a few times and the girls in there, they're amazing and they work so hard and, and you just seem to have such a great culture What have you been able to do to foster that culture? I know you fly them around the world with you as well, and they just get to experience so much, but how
0: have you cultivated that? I wish I had a a great answer for that because... The ones that I've flown around the world don't work there anymore. So, (laughs) unfortunately, again, it is what it is, and sometimes egos and things get in the way. But we really try to make everyone feel important. And I mean, anyone who's there wouldn't have them there if I didn't think they were great. Whether it's front desk to a brow girl, hair girl, lash girl, and anyone, and I want everyone to grow and kick ass. But it's tough, man. It's super tough. Like there's tons of personalities, and there's different ages. And attitudes and all these things. So we try to have social gatherings like Halloween. We did pumpkin painting and Christmas we do gift exchange. And I mean, we try to do as much as we can. Unfortunately, there's always going to be one or two that just don't want to be a part of it. And it does. I'm like confused by it still. Like, why wouldn't you want to be here? Like, we're trying so hard to make it work, people. <laughs> you know, like, what can I do? And the other day I'm like, I'm just going to make her like me. <laughs> and whatever. It is what it is. But it's tough. It's really tough. you know. And one of the things I really try to say to them is just because someone comes in and let's say there's one in particular who's an asshole, right, and comes in and always looks bitchy. Well, obviously we don't want that and we can only take so much of it, but let's try to have a little compassion for that person and think, why is that person acting that way? Rather than just being like, I'm going to ignore her. I don't want to talk to her. I'm going to avoid her. Say, hi, are you okay? How was your weekend? What are you doing this weekend? I mean, all we can do is try to engage and give them a hug and be there for them rather than completely shut them out and just think they're a bitch because we have no idea what's going on with someone. We really don't. You know, and if they're just a bitch, then they're just a bitch. But we can at least, you know it for yourself that you've tried. Yeah, I feel like we're really lucky on our team. But that's definitely one thing that we've always, we try to
1: do is like not project and just kind of go like what, you know, we always talk about, we just recently went to Joe Dispenza's and he talks about your personality creates your personal reality and just like trying to like say understand well we might say something and this goes with team or friendships or family you might say something one way but somebody interprets it in a completely different way because that was their personal reality and just like you say just kind of like opening up a case, like what's going on for you or and we have conversations you know we're in a a business marriage essentially and we always have those conversations okay like when you said this I interpreted this it's this just my story this is how I interpreted it I know you didn't mean it this way but this is how I heard it and just I think you know really recognizing that just people hear things differently and people do have things going on at home and you know, allowing that grace for that, but also opening up the conversation is really important.
0: Also with that, though, as well, is like you may have stuff going on at home, but you still need to be professional and try to keep as like 89% (laughs) of it out of the salon. I mean, there's certain things we can't, hold back like you know like me crying like mm-hmm. we, I'm trying you know sometimes it just happens mm-hmm. right but like you can't let it affect everything and everyone around you it's just not fair 100%
1: it's like say so when it when it goes affects other people you want, you want to affect other people's energy I think it's important it's tough. So. it's
0: tough it's tough because I'm a like the mom and the giver and trying to they're all my children but there's certain ones that talk to me more because they're more comfortable around me and some are scared of me and <laughs> you know it is what it is and one says hey do you want to go To dinner and I'm available, I'll say yes. You know, so sometimes the others will view it as, oh, she always hangs out with so and so. But it's not the case. It's literally if you catch me at the right (laughs) time and I am free and can go, then that's I'm gonna go, you know. But sometimes people just assume things and we're nicer to or hang out with or closer to whoever. I'm like, no, that person comes and talks to me, or vice versa. I try, you know, but I get it. I get it. I mean, we do trainings in the salon, right? And we do private hands-on trainings. And in those trainings, they are supposed to do two models. Now, this is just for their own benefit. And recently, I said to the girls who were supposed to do the actual waxing, I said, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. I said, because if I was in your shoes, I'd be freaked out and I'd be shaking and like trying to think of an excuse to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you want me to do the waxing and you want to watch it, that's totally fine. And they're like, oh my God, really?
2: (laughs) I'm like, yeah,
0: for sure. I don't care. Like you're not getting a pass or not a pass. Like you're still coming and learning and it is scary. It's totally scary. So this is just an option for you if you want to do it. And we still book it that way. But if you don't like... I'm only here to help you. I'm not here to judge you, critique, like criticize, yes, critique, but just for your benefit. So, I mean, I get it. I do understand that people are nervous and scared, but I'm really just, even my own girls. The other day, I have Lauren who sits next to me right now and a client canceled and I was bored and my assistant had my phone. I literally had nothing to do. So I'm like, I'm going to watch Lauren work and see how she works. And I kind of sat and leaned over and I noticed she started going really slow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, am I making you nervous? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, fine. I just wanted to watch. Like, I just, you know, I like to see it. And that's how I learn is by watching and just trying to make everyone better. I can relate to that, too, because I love to watch if we're like designing
2: something or putting something together and danielle's laughing because she knows it also makes her nervous because i'm the same i like things in certain ways and at boss babe when you were talking about how you didn't want to be a manager of people like you have this thing that you're really good at doing and being an entrepreneur you take that on i'm really lucky because danielle loves the parts of the business that i don't love and probably if it was just me i wouldn't have a massive team of people i wouldn't have an office i'd probably do things very differently but danielle brings a lot of that business side And so I'm very particular about the way things look and I'll sit and watch over someone and they'll literally be like, you're making me nervous. I'm doing a bad job just because you're here. And I'm like, damn it, I just want to help. Yeah, no, totally. It's recognizing that that's maybe the kind of entrepreneur you are. And it's it's just funny. But that's why I love our dynamic so much. I can so relate to I'm just not a manager of people and I'm getting better. But it just doesn't doesn't come naturally to me. Just put me in a dark room, or quiet room, and let me create and do my thing. And I'll emerge a few hours later and I'll have a new product. But I don't want to be
0: like, oh, let me do that review. Yeah, I don't want to tell you, like, you're late every day. I don't want to tell you to clean up after yourself. Like, I don't want to have to reprimand you ever. Yeah. Because I'm in the space and I am an artist and it takes away from what I love to do and i don't want to be like the bad guy mean guy but sometimes i have to be because it's my place and if if someone does a shitty job i'm the one that gets the review saying kelly baker this that or whatever i'm like i wasn't even there i didn't do it you know yeah but it's mine and it's my responsibility to make sure that everything's okay no matter what i love that well kelly thank you so
2: much for being on i love how authentic this interview was and just really showing behind the scenes that's why we love doing this so thank you thanks for having me ladies If you loved this episode, please subscribe, download a few more, and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bossbabe.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag The Boss Baid Podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast.